Hey, what's going on everybody? My name is Seth Askelson. Thank you for joining me here on Locked on Coyotes as another week is still underway. It's Tuesday, but it is a Tuesday after a Coyotes victory, so I'm sure you Coyotes fans are happy. Let's break down the game. The Coyotes taking on the Los Angeles Kings, a Kings team that which we discussed yesterday is on the downswing and uh, clearly showed last night the Coyotes came out, got two, uh, I wouldn't say quick goals, but they scored two goals in the first. Uh, first from Connor Garland on a gorgeous feed from Christian Dvorak, who uh, was going from right to left and somehow spun the puck and his body and his hands around to feed the, uh, Garland, who was crashing the net. He scores his 10th goal of the year. The stat, and I think this was from NHL stats, was that uh, I can't remember who originally tweeted out, but um, the stat was uh, fourth. Coyotes player in franchise history. Now that uh, combines with the Coyotes and the Winnipeg Jets when they were still in Winnipeg uh, to score 10 goals in their team's first 22 games. Uh, Connor Garland is now one of four players to do so. Schmoltz also got an assist his 13th of the season. And then Derek Stepan with another assist from Christian Dvorak. A nice a good effort play by Phil Kessel. He was in behind the goal, and he threw it out in front, kind of bounced around, and Derek Stepan right there to clean up the pieces on the power play. And then another power play goal as Jacob Chikrin scores on an assist from Connor Carlin and Nick Schmaltz. So Nick Schmaltz, another two-point night for him. Christian Dvorak gets two assists, and uh, Jacob Chikrin scores again. So the Coyotes, a 3-0 win over a team that... Uh, struggles and I think is going to struggle for a long time but I mean hey if you're a Kings fan right you won two Stanley Cups and sometimes and I think we're going to see that with Chicago soon um, they might be able to kind of a, to step around a full-on rebuild but uh, sometimes when you win Cups and you got to pay all those guys you're going to run into some trouble and, and run into a situation and a t point in time and you're kind of in your franchise timeline where you might have to rebuild a little bit. I think this is where the Kings are at. Um, so the Coyotes, uh, a huge victory, and a victory over a team that, against a team where they've struggled, right? I mean, they played Minnesota, and they lost twice in a five-day stretch. Lost to Columbus as well. Um, they lost two, they lost three games to two very mediocre teams, or at least at the moment, very mediocre teams in a seven-day stretch while in the same time defeating back-to-back -back Stanley Cup champions on back-to-back -back nights. So um, kind of up and down for the Coyotes, and you're starting to think, right, okay, this is a team that plays to the level of their competition no matter what. Uh, clearly, it's not, at least not last night. Uh, the Coyotes came out, dominated the game uh, from, I wouldn't say from start to finish necessarily, um, but they had a, a good grasp on that game. Second period got a little out of control. Um, the Kings 14 shots to Arizona's six, at least the ones that hit the net. Uh, and then in the third period, shot totals evened out a little bit more, 11 to eight in favor of the Kings. Uh, but in that first period, the Coyotes outshot LA 13 to six. It looked like they were going to roll, and they did. Not that they didn't roll uh, through the rest of that game, maybe just not as dominant as they first started out. But uh, a team where uh, it's starting to come together for them. And I think the consistency is what you want to see out of the Arizona Coyotes. 
and it's something that we haven't seen in a long time, right? And I think fans are anxious for it. I think they're ready to go to the arena every night and not wonder what team is going to show up. And I think last season you couldn't say that. It was a team that wasn't as good as this one. I think this Coyotes team is really solid, a lot better than the team that they had last year. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But a team that is very consistent, um, very you know what you're going to get out of them. You know what performance you're going to get out of them. And, yeah, you know what? You take a look at this team, not a guy who has a point per game. At the moment, right, Nick Schmaltz leads the team 18 points in 22 games. But it's they're getting a lot of contribution from a lot of different places, which was not happening in the past. Uh, it, it could be anyone on any night, but they do. They have um, seven guys. They have seven guys that have double-digit points. Um, Schmaltz, Garland, Keller, Kessel, Dvorak, Goligoski, and Carl Soderberg. Uh, Oliver ekman Larson has nine. Michael Grabner has eight. So, again, it's not that... You know, they're really blowing the doors off everybody, but uh, they get a chance to. A team that is really pulling it together, and they're starting to get contributions from guys that were struggling a little bit. I think, uh, you know, Vinny Hinnestroza didn't have a fantastic start to his season. He's starting to heat up a little bit. He's got six points. Uh, Barrett Hayden, an interesting situation, I think, right now. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. He's only played nine games, still eligible to go back to the CHO without burning a year in his contract. Um, and I think for this team, they're they're definitely missing some of their bigger guys, right? I, and by missing, I don't mean they're all injured. I mean, Nicholas Jarmelson being injured really hurts. But, you know, Phil Kessel only having three goals isn't the greatest thing in the world. But he does have ten assists. I mean, he's maybe not putting – he's not – the. The goals aren't coming directly off of his stick, but he's creating them, and he's creating chances for his teammates. So maybe a little concerned by the three goals, but the 10 assists, I mean, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised by, um, you know, what, what you're getting there in that department with Phil Kessel. Um, the only disturbing thing, and I think, uh, again, plus minus is a stat that not a lot of people like. Um, I'm not a big proponent in saying plus minus is the end all be all of what defines a team how good are they defensively i think the Corsi rating um and, and the rating i believe it's the cod which is uh kind of shows what your luck is really you know factors in shooting percentage save percentage all those things i think those are a little bit of a better teller than say plus minus but i think the plus minus gets disturbing when you see a, a group of guys, and in particular either two defensemen or three forwards, that you know play together a lot and play against the bigger lines. And when you take a look at the plus-minus, again, not that this is the end-all, be-all, but Stepan, Kessel, Keller, minus five, minus five, minus three, respectively. And uh, it's one of those where they were on that top line together a lot to start that season, or not that season, this season. Um, so you'd like to see those numbers change a little bit. I think Phil Kessel um, has struggled a tad defensively, but again, that's not his game, right? But I, I, I still think he's a really good 200-foot player for this team. Brings a lot uh, in value. I think the only disturbing thing, again, 
and Corsi way more valuable than plus minus. Jacob Chikrin at a minus one, and he does seem to be out on the ice for a lot of goals against, and he doesn't necessarily seem to be playing against the top lines either, so a little disturbing, but again, plus minus all depends on, you know, you could accidentally step on the ice and, and things turn the other way, and you're in your shift five seconds in and you get a minus, you get, you're stuck with that minus. But uh, I still think it's one of those where you look at it and it's definitely, you do a little more investigating. But the Coyotes, the win over the Kings, important for them and for a team that I think we're struggling to find out where they were at in terms of how good they really are, definitely good barometer and, and maybe something that will push them on as, as the season continues. So last night, to me, Again, this is going to sound crazy, but I think last night was a signature win. And you say, Seth, uh, how can beating a team that is probably going to be a top three in the lottery, may win the lottery, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada, a signature win? And it's because of this. It's because the Coyotes have not been playing well against bad teams, right? And I think they needed a win like this, where they went out, scored the first two goals, stepped on the throttle, no questions about it, just put the game away, and they did. And that's not something they have done against bad teams. It's something that they haven't really done in general where they've put away games. Um, the last couple games they have, Calgary, obviously, uh, Los Angeles as well. So maybe this is, this is a trend, right? Hopefully, hopefully, it turns this team around. And for a team that I think is not worried about individual success and again i don't think at least especially not outwardly a lot of guys are worried about you know individual success and oh what a, what do my stats look like at the end of the night but you can kind of tell that for this team it doesn't matter right it doesn't matter who's scoring it doesn't matter who puts the points up um in terms of of wins you know the old saying kind of goes they don't ask how they just ask how many that's kind of the, the thing, right? They don't ask how the goals were scored, who scored them. They just ask how many were scored and how many wins you put on the board. And the Coyotes right now, uh, they're the at, at, as we speak, again, Oilers-Sharks um, playing as we talk, so it depends on how the Oilers finish. But Coyotes, they're the uh, second-best team in the Pacific, one point away from being the best team in the West, though. Um, got to take a quick check. At NHL.com, the Blues did play the Lightning earlier tonight, and they were leading 2-1. to one. So uh, that might have turned into a three-point deficit in terms of trying to get the best record. It did, a 3-1 to one final for the Blues. We'll get to the NHL um, updates later. But, again, one point out of the Pacific as it stands right now, and three points out of first place in the Western Conference. And, again... Going on Facebook, not always the best, but somebody had uh, – this is from Dry's Nation, a great uh, Facebook group if you do listen um, or, or if you do follow kind of Coyotes Facebook stuff. Uh, they talk about Tucson, talk about the Coyotes a lot. And uh, Andrew Williams had posted this screenshot from um, Yahoo's Power Rankings. Um, and basically it said the Coyotes – don't have offense and they're just gonna have to rely on Darcy Kemper and that's something that a local radio host had said here um, a couple weeks ago I think it might have even been as recently as last week about how um, and and for those of you I won't say names but for those of you that listen in Arizona you know exactly who I'm talking about and uh, he's let's just say he's a big fan of payway and 
basically what he said was the reason the Coyotes are successful is because of Kemper and talking. and that's the only thing keeping them afloat. That that's not true. First of all, it's Ronta as well. If you if you still want to be some simplistic and kind of ignorant about the situation, uh, Ronta's helping a lot too. But they're getting the offense they need, right? They're not winning games one nothing or two to one and scraping by for goals. They're just getting them from different people. There's not a guy that jumps off the page if you don't watch. Oh, yeah, Nick Schmaltz is 18 points in 22 games, six story. Like nobody's gonna break that 80 point mark. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that you know acquisition for Kessel isn't working. They he only has three goals. It look you gotta watch the team, right? That's why I think the eye test, especially in hockey, is so important. I won't come on this show and say bad things about a team that I haven't gotten a chance to see yet. I've watched, you know, for example, I've watched the Oilers a tad bit. Again, I don't think they're sustainable at what they're doing, but I've also seen them and think that what they're doing is very impressive. Drysaddle and McDavid might be the two best players in the league. I know everybody likes to throw Crosby back out there. He's still fantastic. McKinnon, of course. But I'm not going to say things about a team that I haven't watched. And that statement from Yahoo, just kind of the the whole thing, it just makes it feel like they haven't watched this team, a team that has put it together. And this really does have the vibes of the team that the Coyotes had when they went to the Western Conference Finals in um, 2012, right? Redeem Verbata, 30-goal score, that was a big deal. But you looked at that the stats and you looked at the lineup sheet and you just looked on paper and you're like, this team isn't very impressive. They're being carried by Mike Smith. And was part of that true? Sure, Mike Smith had a fantastic season in 2012. But it was also the structure they were playing, the coaching style, how physical they were, how good they were defensively. It's the same thing here, right? I think Rick Tockett knows what he has. He understands that the Coyote, they don't have a a McDavid. They don't have a Crosby. They don't have a guy that's just going to take the puck, go down the ice, set up teammates, or score himself. They need to have guys that play a full team game and buy into a full team game and they have. And, again, I understand it's a little early. We're 22 games in for most teams. But I think you're starting to get to this point of the season where, okay, you're under, you're starting to understand where teams are at. And, obviously, at the bottom, Detroit, L.A., Ottawa, they're all going to bottom out. At the top, you know, Washington dominant, St. Louis still looks good. Colorado... You could even put them in that category. I think once they get their two best play or two better players back in Landis Cog and Ranton, and that's gonna kind of boost them a lot. And then you kind of get those teams that are, are middling. And I I see a lot of teams or a lot of people put the Coyotes kind of in that middling section. What are they? Do we know who they are? You know, what are they gonna look like in in December once we get another month done? I think out of those teams where a lot of people can have some question marks, they've played the most consistent game. I think the Oilers have played a pretty consistent game. Is it sustainable? Eh. But with the Coyotes, I feel like they've played the most sustainable game, most sustainably consistent game. They give Sometimes they give up a lot of shots, but it doesn't feel like a lot of good chances. They cap, they're capitalizing on their opportunities now, something that wasn't happening for them earlier in the season. So, you know, it's it's a little bit different this year for the Coyotes, and I feel like a lot of people from the outside are watching this team and saying, oh, well, it's the Coyotes. They're having success right now, but they're just going to go back to that team that kind of sits down there and, you know, can't get anything done. This is a different team. 
This is a different feel. This is a different culture. And it's a team that I think deserves the respect they're not being given. I mean, they were, again, power rankings are all arbitrary. And it's like, you know, it's like a figure skating competition. It's, you know, personal preference and all that. But uh, just sometimes you just see the way. And I'm not a big fan of listening to analysts, right? I guess technically I'm an analyst myself. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to consider myself that. I'm a podcaster. Sometimes I don't know what I'm talking about, which means most of the time. Anyways, uh, but you just, like, you'll watch Sportsnet sometimes, and you'll you'll read these things from some of the hockey people, and you just, you're just you just kind of baffled, right? You just sit there, and you're like, I don't know if they've watched a Coyotes game. And you know what? Fair, right? The Coyotes haven't done anything um, prior to last season to grab your attention. Okay, understandable. But at this point, this team is starting to put it together. And if you're going to start talking about the Coyotes – and you know, talk about the success they have, and is it sustainable? You've got to watch a couple games and understand what this team is about. Hey, Coyotes get a big stage on Thursday. They get the Maple Leafs uh, again. Maple Leafs probably the biggest show in Canada when it comes to kind of national TV ratings. And uh, we'll see Coyotes back on the big stage. Um, and maybe this this is the game where okay, hey, we're here. Check us out. Um, a lot of the nation probably gonna be eyes. On the Maple Leafs, they're struggling right now. Uh, they're losing to the Vegas Golden Knights as we speak. And so, again, Coyotes, um, a different field of this team. Uh, and, uh, again, a chance on big Canadian television to prove themselves one more time on Thursday. So we'll take a quick look around the National Hockey League. Uh, start last night. Again, Coyotes win 3 nothing. Capitals 5-2 over the Ducks. A final, uh, Richard Ponick finally scores his first in a Washington uniform, and then Ovechkin, Stevenson, Verona, Wilson, all get goals. Sam Steele, Nick Delorier in the third period for the Anaheim Ducks. And uh, tonight, as we speak, it is 10 p.m. on the dots, Arizona time, or at the moment, thanks to Daily Savings Time, it is Mountain Time here in Arizona at this time. Uh, two games in progress. Golden Knights lead the Maple Leafs one to nothing. 17-18 to go in the third. Cody Glass, the only goal scorer. In that game, Oilers on top of the Sharks, 6.23 left in the second period. Mikhail Granlin scores his first as an Oiler. Zach Cassian his eighth. And Kahara with his fourth of the year right before the end of the first period. Kevin LeBanc, the only goal scorer for San Jose. The rest of the games tonight are finals. Minnesota takes down Buffalo 4-1. Parisi scores twice in the first. Brodine and Zucker add on. Uh, the Panthers Tough night for Carter Hart. He was left hanging and dry in the first two periods. Skivier, Connolly, Barkov, Huberdo, the goal scorers, as well as Mike Hoffman, Travis Sanheim, and then Frost. In his first NHL game, he gets one for Philadelphia. The Bruins all over the Devils, 5-1. Grizzlick, his first. Pasternak scores twice. He is unbelievably on fire. Grizzlick scores another one, too. And then Connor Clifton, his second. Blake Coleman, the only one to score for New Jersey. The Islanders in overtime over the Penguins, 5-4 on the road. The OT winner, Brock Nelson, his sixth of the season. Canadiens, um, some bad news on their end with a couple of their top players needing surgery. Um, they follow the Blue Jackets 5-2 as Dubois scores. Uh, Robinson, Benstrom, Jenner, and then Dubois scored again for the Blue Jackets, Lekkonen, and Armia, the goal scorers for Montreal. In a basement uh, dwelling matchup, 
Senators take down the Red Wings. Anthony Duclair scores twice at a sick goal in the first. Jean-Gabriel Pajot, his 12th. And Brady Kachuk, his 7th. Fabry, Philpola, Mantha, the goal scores for Detroit. The Blues on national television take down the Lightning. 3-1, Perron, Sunquist, Schwartz, goal scorers, Sorelli for Tampa Bay. Jets, 2-1 over the Predators. Line A, Ehlers, the goal scorers. Line A scores 18 seconds in the game. Nick Bonino, the only goal scorer for Nashville. Hurricanes, 4-2 over the Blackhawks. They were up 3-0 for the longest time. Uh, got a little close. Gustafson and Murphy scored a minute and 10 seconds apart, but the Hurricanes hold on thanks to Sebastian Ajo and an empty net goal. And the Stars, who continue to streak up the standings, they drop six on the Canucks. Jamie Benn scores twice. I just dropped him in fantasy, and now he's picking it up, so pretty upset at myself, but it's all right. Uh, uh, Fadun scores. Heiskanen, Dowling, Perry goal scores for Dallas. But Horvat, the Logan goal scorer for the Canucks. 3-2 over the Flames are the Avalanche. Burakovsky scores twice in the first. Kamenev, his first of the season. Derek Ryan, the only goal scorer for the Calgary Flames. The Flames now fall below 500. Now, let's take a look at the standings after the last two nights worth of games as the uh, Again, only two games last night. Washington, their win yesterday evening gets them to 36 points. They're still the best record and team in the league. The Islanders now at 31 thanks to their overtime win. Carolina's win bumps them to 27 points. They've won four in a row in the Atlantic. Boston at 31, Florida at 27, Montreal at 26. The wild cards at the moment, Pittsburgh 25, Philadelphia 24. And it just continues to be bad for Buffalo. 2-6-2 two, two in their last 10. They're at 23 points. Toronto at 22. They're on their way to maybe their fifth straight loss. Tampa Bay, they've lost two straight. They're at 20 points. They're starting to sink a little bit. Columbus at 20 points as well. They've won two straight. Ottawa, 19. The Rangers with 18. The Devils with 18. And the Detroit Red Wings in lone last place in the East, 17 points. Back to the West, St. Louis, 31 points after their win tonight over the Tampa Bay Lightning, stays the best record in the Western Conference. Colorado, 28, Winnipeg, 27, both victors this evening. Edmonton uh, in the lead as we speak right now, 29 points, could be 31 by the end of the night. The Coyotes, they've won two in a row for their last five. They're at 28, and the Canucks, who lost this evening, they're at 24 points. Looking at the wild card race, Dallas 26 right behind Winnipeg for a uh, division spot instead of a wild card spot. Vegas at 23 could have 25 by the end of the evening. Calgary, they've lost four in a row. They're at 23 points, 22 points after the Blackhawks uh, four game win streak ended tonight. 22 for Anaheim as well. Um, 21 for Nashville. It has not been good in the Music City as they've lost three straight, three, five, and two in their last 10. San Jose winning six in a row, but that could come to an end tonight thanks to the Oilers. They have 21 points. And then Minnesota with 18 thanks to their victory over Buffalo this evening. And then Los Angeles holding dead last place in the Western Conference at 17 points. And the race for the best odds in the draft. Again, still far away from that, but... Red Wings and Kings at 17 points each. At the moment, the uh, Kings have two games in hand. So, uh, the season were to end today.
the best uh, percentage would go to the Detroit Red Wings. So tomorrow, talk a little more Coyotes hockey, update you on some news and notes, maybe touch on the Maple Leafs a little bit. They've been uh, uh, a struggle bust recently, and uh, go over any other Coyotes news and notes. You can follow me on Twitter at S-A-S-K-E-L-S-O-N-9-6. That is S-Askelson-96. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O underscore Coyotes. Once again, that is at L-O underscore Coyotes. Thank you so much for joining again. Tune in tomorrow for another episode of The Pod. And until then, we hope you stay locked on, Coyotes.